0: What you doing tonight? I wish you could see the gown is cold. Are you also oh alone? You're stealing your dreams? Why can't I bring you on to my side? So tell take to make you see that I am right, if I was invincible, I could just make you see the light, if I was invincible, I'd change your mind tonight, your heart so unshakable, I can just tell you where I stand. Show you I'm the smarter man. If I was convinced, wait, I already am.
1: Hello, and welcome to Convincible. I'm Debusing, founder and editor in chief of Comic Book Herald. Dot com. On Convincible, this is the spinoff of the My Marvelous Year Reading Club, show where we go through the complete history of Marvel Comics from its origins to today. And Convincible is our spinoff where I, Dave, noted fan of Invincible, the comic book series, try to convince Zach and Charlotte, my co-hosts, why Invincible is the greatest superhero comic in the universe. Zach is the world's biggest known hater Of Invincible, he has an entire (laughs) empire of little Zaxomites that fly out to your planet, and I am the protector of Earth. I'm the protector of of Invincible on Earth, and every, like, 45 minutes, a little Zaxomite flies to me, and he he doesn't beat me up like the Viltrumites Mm -hmm. do, but he tickles the hell out of me. He tickles me so much, (laughs) and I'm just giggling constantly, (laughs) Zach. Please tell your Zaximites to back off. How are you doing? He's
2: just—he's just doing what I would do if we were in the same room. Uh, every forty-five minutes, uh-huh. I I'd be able to—I wouldn't be able to resist just coming over and giving you a little tickle. Yep, just turn that frown upside down,
1: <laughs> and it works. And then, of course, right in the middle, in the middle of all this negotiating the peace, a la Alan the Alien, we've got Charl Charlever, like my yeah, like our little Charlever. our little. An uh, uh, unexpected bundle of joy, like Oliver, that is discovered, oh, okay. like like a little char- charliver, right? That works. Who's Oliver? Yeah.
2: <laughs> the brother, his brother. Oh, from Invincible. Oh. I, yeah, okay. I, invincible, I, I... of course. From Invincible. <laughs> what do you think from? <laughs> Oh, yeah, boy. no, I, I don't know. I thought it was a reference to something. It is, technically. Yeah, yeah. Listen, <laughs> I, I read those comics. <laughs> that pun sure. was that pun was
1: so tight. I don't know how you didn't see it right away. Charlotte. Yeah, sorry, <laughs>
3: sorry. <laughs> sorry. I know. I, I'm like enough here. Yeah.
1: Charlotte here is negotiating the piece, trying to decide who among us is right. I think, th- okay, so let's let's do a little scene setting. So today on Convincible, we've gone through the first 40 ish issues of Invincible on the previous two episodes, right? And we just read the comic straight up. Today's episode is special because today we kept reading the comics. We did, I think, around, like, issue, what, 38 through 53
2: or something like that, right? That's exactly. 36 through 53. 36 through 53 to round out the
1: next three uh, collected volumes. And we also watched Invincible, the animated series. There's a full season out of season one, and then there's four episodes out at the time of recording of season two. We're recording here in January 2024. This show, this animated series, has had a lot of success on Amazon Prime. So today we're going to talk a little bit about the comics, but we're also going to talk about how the work was animated, how it was adapted, and what, if anything, that tells us well, about... I thought it was
2: just one like, feature-length movie. Uh, you want... <laughs> starring watched Mark Wahlberg? Mar- yeah. Mark Wahlberg is like a down-on-his-luck substitute <laughs> teacher in yeah, yeah. 1970s Philadelphia going to the uh, the Eagles' open open training camp. No, that's that's uh, right. But when I, I said season, I one, so season one,
1: season yeah. one was the movie, and mm-hmm. season two was watching the Eagles get their bottoms walloped against the Tampa Bay mm-hmm. Buccaneers on Monday mm-hmm. Night Football. Mm-hmm.
4: So that's as oh, long okay. as
1: you watch that, you're up to speed
2: with where we okay, are. Perfect. Don't yeah. you worry. Uh, I did just. Oh, God, I, gotta, oof. I gotta tell you that. that God's you didn't watch the show. show. Oh, no, got, no, I watched. Oh, I you watched little, of... you little Zaxamite. What did you? I watched. I watched some of the show. I just didn't watch all the show. I watched what enough to some... feel like two episodes. Oh my god! Ooh, I episodes? The movie it's forty-five minutes long per Zach, episode. Zach, it's so long. Can I tell you
1: something, Zach? Can tell I can on. I just be honest right off the bat here, please? Charlotte, please scratch this from the record. Zach, you... <laughs> I edit these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I should start.
2: I should start making all my editing demands uh, directly to Charlotte. I, that's a that's a good thing. I want to keep that going. <laughs> Zach, Charlotte, will you tell us, to please remove this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dave, you may approach the, ben- the bench. Thank you, <laughs> you Charlotte. May speak Thank you. Truth.
1: Okay, I want to. I want to speak some truth for a minute here. Zach, you're winning. Okay. Yeah, I know. You're winning, yeah. and you know how much it pains me to say that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, you do say best superhero comic of all time. I was just thinking, you're setting the bar really high. For <laughs> well, yourself. the only I said greatest superhero
1: comic in the universe because that's that's the like tagline that Invincible adopts for itself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm yeah. not. I'm not
2: like that. That's not even something. Wait, it says that about itself.
1: Yeah, it becomes its tagline. Is like the best superhero comic in the universe. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. Which I I appreciate the ambition, right? If you want to be a champion, you got to talk like a champion. Um, That's what I've always said to my children. (laughs) (laughs) Tell them every morning. Um, So, okay, you're winning, Zach, but you Mm -hmm. keep cutting your legs out from under yourself. You keep Mm. getting an incomplete grade because you're not committed. To the convincible experience. I read, I,
2: I I read 16, what you did. Out, 16 issues of this comic. Well, it took you 16 hours. It like, was an hour an issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I read like 16 <laughs> issues of this comic and I watched like 90 minutes of the TV show. I think that's pretty good for homework. I also, can't even here, remember it, why it you might... got an incomplete grade on, on episode two, but I know you did. I know. Oh, it was because you didn't watch, because you didn't refuse to watch the, the TV series then, which is what we said we were going to do. Yeah right? Okay, here, here's my, my defense. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I just don't watch TV. I don't watch that much TV at all. It's really tough for me to sit and, like, find that much time to watch a ton of TV. So, like, watching two, and you know what? I, I watched this, and I actually kind of liked it. I think it's fine. It's just so not my thing. So, like, it just would have been, like like, I would have been much more negative on it if I had forced myself to watch the whole thing, rather than watching two episodes and being like, it's not for me, but here I can just talk about it, like, from a distance.
1: Charlotte, as, although an ob- I know st- as an objective I know third party.
2: Yeah, I can kind of, you know, you can fill me in on other story changes that happen later. that like, uh, reaction,
1: but, like We'll see. Charlotte, as an objective yeah. third party, is Zach's entire testament thrown out for a second straight episode? What do you think? <laughs>
3: Listen, we do have to, to make this a full series, so no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but you're on shaky ground there. Uh, <laughs> All right. All <laughs> so, leave it for Frank to discuss the, the adaptation here. I'm very uh, disappointed in you, Zach. But
1: where I was going with that is I've never been more disappointed in you. I hope that hurts. Um, but also, <laughs> you're winning, okay? And I, I say that, and yeah. I think it's been clear. Through two episodes, right? I went into this, and we've been talking about it for a long time. And the reason you challenged me to a Convincible, right, in the first place was on Carroll's best comics of all time, you know, I had Invincible, like, inside the top 25 best comics of all time, right? And mm-hmm. so, and, and that, that position specifically is kind of what I've been having a hard time with, right? I think if, I, if it wasn't tied to that and and my enjoyment of it, you know, a decade plus ago, that, and I was just purely just kind of like, oh, no, here, find the positives and don't try to hold it up against, you know, the greatest of the greats, right? I think it'd, it'd be a lot easier. So I was actually thinking about, like, like what kind of a folly the premise is as it pertains to Invincible, right? Like, is it is it unique to Invincible that I would reevaluate way more harshly than I did a decade plus ago, you know? Ooh, so I was looking at yeah. the how, how many of my top best comics picks, would I actually feel great defending, right? If we did like a Mm -hmm. Convincible-esque thing with most of my list, you know, of the comics that I say, like, these are the best, these are my favorites, you know, um, would I have added it recently enough, or do I just feel great enough about it that I, I would feel great defending it? And I actually think for most of the list, like inside the top, you know, 60, I'd have a pretty easy time, you know? Like if you came to me and you were like, Sandman stinks actually, like I'd be pretty
2: happy to take the pro Sandman corner. You know, yeah, um, and we're going to be doing that over on extra issues, on extra issues, <laughs> where you finally we've said, to, Yeah, I've announced it, and because uh, we're going to be covering, yes, thank you. I'm going to be finally finishing it. It's like the last five ten issues. <laughs> um, I did announce that, and I got a couple of people being like, "Oh well, the thing about salmon is that it actually stinks," and I'm like, "That's crazy. That's crazy." So I, yeah, I don't gonna...
1: think that's when something is so popular. You know, obviously, there's always going to be detractors. Yeah. Um, I actually think the Sandman is not as good camp. Like, th- I feel like that wave has diminished. Um, mm. I think post Netflix a little bit too. You know, there's kind of a game mm. in a sense mm. right now. Sure. Uh, I-, I, think people are pretty high on the work. So like, okay. I'm, I'm not, looking not at a your so anyway, m- the point being the point I was getting yeah. to, if I go through the list, here are the, here are the comics and this, this will all tie back to invincible. I promise. Here are the comics that I think I'd have a, would be hard for
2: me. I, I see two. You see two? I've got way be... more than that. So, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> why the last man at number 13? <laughs> yes. Yep, that was number one. That one. That is one that I think very much falls into the Invincible camp. I have a question mark on Scott Pilgrim at 16, but I actually think I could do that. I really like that Brian yeah. Lee O'Malley work. Yeah. I think yeah. I'd be okay there. 21, Blankets. Mm-hmm. I think for yeah. sure, specific moment specific time. Uh, 23, Starman as a superhero comic. I've got a question it. mark on. 29, Chew. I've got like a, a, quarter, Whoa, a quarter,
2: of a question mark. That, that needs to be higher. Yeah, yeah. If anything. I think I have a
1: quarter yeah. of a question mark because I did reread some Chew when I interviewed Rob Guillory, friend of the friend of Herald. Herald, um, and uh, and I, I think that actually holds up okay. And then uh, just rattling off through like the top sixty or thirty six, Fear Agent, forty five, Punk Rock Jesus, and then fifty five Morning Glories. That's insane. <laughs> mm, <laughs> That's, yeah, I've, I've read a little <laughs> that, Morning Glories. That one, that one needs to change like immediately. Okay, but I think. Why the Last Man is actually very much indicative of, of some of the Invincible problems. Like, there's a certain kind of book. A lot of these are, like, Vertigo or Image Renaissance things. And I think Invincible mm-hmm. is, like, proto-Image Renaissance, you know? Like, it's before yeah. the Image yeah, Renaissance yeah. of the 2010s, but then it also, because it keeps going, it, it, it's a part of it. Where yeah. these books gave me the feel, as I was getting into the comics in the early 2010s, of something beyond the base you know, something beyond like all comics are Marvel DC standard superhero fair. They seemed yeah, yeah. mature by contrast with genuine literary aims or sort of that FX prestige drama vibes of the time, right? You know, definitely. Sure, felt like, okay, totally. Okay, right? totally. It, which is Vertigo's yeah, whole deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but now, having been exposed to more of that and seeing there are actually several layers deeper yet to go, you know, uh, I'm skeptical how well they would hold up so i think the list is not invincible is not alone in being a comic like that where i am i'm kind of just like i don't want to discount how it felt reading that at a particular time but i also know that i'm not at that particular time anymore like those are all books where if a really cool comics critic which is a major oxymoron came up to me <laughs> and was like you have why the last man number 13 i wouldn't be like eager to defend that
4: <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. know
1: <laughs> like
2: there i know i mean like first stuff just, out there yeah where's hellboy dave <laughs> it's in the Some top guys. 100 it's in my top 100 yeah yeah why the la- we uh someone just posted in our slack someone did a project where they found like every top 10 list that exists for like top 10 comic books online. And did a like conglomeration, conglomeration, uh, a, a smush them, smush them together <laughs> yeah. um, to like uh, create like a master top 10 based on, you know, what was most commonly in the top 10. That's a very and funny project like, to take
1: on, given that's exactly how Google's algorithm works. And if you just searched <laughs> <laughs> the best comics of all time, they probably have done that for you. But I'm curious, what are the results?
2: Oh, uh, I mean, it's it's nothing surprising, but, like, it's it's a decent list, but, you know, you get none of the, like, individual... Like, you get nothing, like, from your list where, like, mind management is much higher than...
1: Obviously, like, a personalized taste element.
2: personalized there. taste, but you also get stuff like Why the Last Man being one space above Hellboy, which I think is insane. And then I just... Re- that's, I even said that I was like, I think Why the Last Man being a space above Hellboy uh, shows the limitations of this list, because... No one who has read both of those would put The Last Man higher, but yet, here you are. Uh, I don't even know where Hellboy is on this list.
4: Um, Obviously, I have. I
1: think, I, I actually, I would do, see, I, no, nah, I wouldn't. I was going to say, I would do the Convincible with Hellboy, where I took the opposite stance, but my opposite stance uh, would just be, it's mildly overrated. Um, crazy. But uh, um, that's that's a pretty weak, that's pretty
2: soft. The, so, one, uh, the one on this list that you pointed, you didn't point out, is your number... 11 on your public list it seems like you're working off a different list uh but hawkeye which is a comic oh, i, I would, like but... i would
1: so you had you thought hawkeye was going to be one that i'd i'd be like well maybe i wouldn't see i would defend the mm-hmm. hell out of hawkeye actually okay
2: well we're gonna do it on my morals here so there's no need to <laughs> do all the show on it. no no i that uh, one that, that's that a comic I, I also think it's like yeah. pretty good but not like yeah top like of, number 11 all 11. time is insane no yeah. i i feel yeah, fine yeah,
1: about yeah, that yeah. um okay. Yeah. So so the reason I I bring all that up of course is is to mm. once again just set the premise. It's just to to say like I've got some quirks, <laughs> right? In my own Quirked personal up white rankings. Goed
2: with the sauce, yeah.
1: And yeah, yeah. You know like I, other girls. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and obviously there's there's some personalization. That that comes with anything yeah. like this. But I think the point I want to make is like I would I would not want to engage in a defend yourself position with those comics but i also at the same time like I, I think why the last man is a really good comic i don't i don't i'm not gonna sit here and be like well upon further reflection i didn't like that 10 years ago that's not the case right mm-hmm. um yeah so i think i think that's that's where i want to be framing my own mindset with invincible is to say like is think about it less in terms of is this a top 50 book of all time and more just in terms of like what what works? What is good about this? Um, and let's start here. Animated series. Big move. Amazon Prime gets an animated series. The voice cast is insanely loaded. I want to talk about what they do there. And I think that's going to illustrate something important about the comics. Charlotte, I'd love to start with you. You've watched yeah. the animated series more and uh, for longer than any of us. Yeah. What... What do you like about it? What do you think it does well, um, by comparison to the comics, or just in general?
3: Yeah, I think it's definitely tighter than the comics. Uh, it feels, I just it feels like it just moves. I know, like it's long episodes, which is annoying. Like it's forty-five minutes per episode uh, usually, uh, but I think it's to me it's better at sustaining and um, handling multiple. Uh, storylines at once than the comic is uh, something like I, th- I think I found especially this time is that some storylines are like do I need to care about this? Is this going to be anything? Isn't it? Like I the uh, in the, the issues we read for today like the Laser League stuff and the Titan stuff like yeah. does this matter? Or is it just like I don't know set dressing like it's like we're doing a superhero universe but except like this doesn't matter to to the story this isn't there's nothing there um and i think in the show all the different storylines matter and feel important and also like i'm sorry i have
2: to i have to interrupt you a little bit that like hellboy darkhold (laughs) what's his name the the monkey guy yeah uh he shows up in episode two the monkey which i was like the, Talking
1: about Damien Darkholder, whatever.
2: Yes, thank you. Yes, Damien Darkholder. Is he a monkey? He
1: was like Rorschach is is the demon.
2: I thought what I, was he's, kind of he's kind of, a of mon- like
3: a gorilla looking dude, yeah. Oh, I think because okay. I
2: thought he was a mix of like that um that chimp from DC who's the like Detective Chimp. Yeah, I thought he was like a mix of like Hellboy, Detective Chimp, and like Rorschach maybe. And the demon. Um but and <laughs> a <the> demon. <laughs> yeah, right. a little demon. Um Yeah, so this I I I don't actually I don't disagree at all with what you're saying Charlotte yeah. but at the same time they still do include him in the second episode which is funny because I looked it up I was like oh yeah that guy like what was his whole deal and then I looked him up he never shows up again in the comic he was definitely like in a aborted plot line um so anyway yes go yeah, on Yeah but that, there's a the
3: thing like that he appears and then he becomes like a semi important character not, not like important but like his part of the plot is relevant to he, following. He moves the, the plot forward. Yeah, yeah. he moves the plot forward. Yeah. He's important to following the investigation around like Omni Man and seeing that uh, unravel. Um, I think like the character of the mom. It's not perfect, but it's she's way more interesting in the show. She feels a lot more like a full character.
4: She, she just, is a character at all. She it's is an just actual a character. A she has a yeah. lot
3: more scenes focusing on her and on her. I mean, like just life and reaction to to what's going on, not just in relation to Mark. Uh, but like, f- it almost feels like sh- we get more of uh, the impact of this, st- especially in the first few episodes of the second season. It almost feels like we see more of her reaction to uh, what happened with Only Man in season one than Mark's, and like the scenes with with her about that are really, really interesting. Yeah, um, and like. Feel, yeah, it feels like she's an actual character that matters, and that's important to have bro, like a uh, normal person, human side of the story, um, which I think is something that's kind of missing from the comic, um, and yeah. like it feels well, can, like a missed opportunity with his mom. Right?
2: Can I point out with, with the mom specifically the w- one of the first signals that the show was going to like going to look at the comic and go, well, that didn't work, and then like actually make some changes based on stuff is because i think one of the more like notable moments in that first issue is mark at the dinner table being like guess what happened to me today i got my powers and mark's mom going that's nice dear pass the potatoes which i hate that joke i think that joke totally doesn't work like it's not that funny of a joke but also it doesn't make sense like even it doesn't make sense before you know the world it really doesn't make sense because maybe you're like oh well superheroes are really common it's still like a significant moment in this family's life, and yeah. it turns out to be a very significant moment, of course. So for that joke of like, this is so commonplace that she would just blow it off. Um, you know, never landed for me in the show. They don't do that. They, it's the same exact scene, and then he tells them, and then like she like, you know, her and Omni Man like give each other looks. She kicks him under the table to be like, say something to your son, like you know, encourage him, or you know. yeah, it turns into like a parenting moment. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I uh, I appreciated that they're going to, like, be willing to make some changes when it's necessary. Uh, and that was a really, like, prime example of it for me.
4: Yeah.
3: and uh, I think a yeah, lot. It just oh, go ahead, like... no No, yeah, I mean, that and the way... I mean, the rhythm it has, I think, is really nice. And, yeah, it makes you want to, to keep to keep going forward and, and seeing what happens next, unless you're Zach and you you're fine with watching only two episodes. Um... Honestly, if I had... <laughs>
2: If, I have, if I'm not reading this comic, I might have been a little... Sure, but that's, it's, it's fair. Also, that's fair. It is also just like watching a, and my big critique, watching a pretty mediocre a, a pretty mediocre animation version of something that I'm reading. And I think the actual writing is significantly better um, than the, the comic. Like, the pacing of it and the emotional beats generally are, are much better. But then it is kind of the same story. So, like, you know, it also was like yeah, I know what's gonna happen, and it just didn't—it didn't grab me.
1: I think one um, thing that uh, yeah. that the animation illustrates effectively, and I think you're you're spot on, Charlotte. That I think like all of the characterizations are way better. Um, yeah, all of the characters are much deeper. The mom, in particular, you know, we actually get to know who Debbie is. Uh, Mark, in particular, is way more fleshed out. Right, he has emotional reactions to things. I mean, the voice—he gets threatening with his
2: effects. mom he he like threatens his mom in the second episode which is wild like he's in the backyard practicing flying and she's like it's time to go come in for bed like you have school in the morning i have work and he's like make me and it's this like little teenager trying on their you know yeah try, trying defiance against their parents and she like totally cuts the legs out from under him that is a more complicated and messy thing that we've ever seen mark do in the comics like him doing something where like, oh, you're being a real asshole. Like, well, we and don't I think really he has
1: that, you know, he know, also like, has oh, tremendous there's there's some anger issues <laughs> in the in yeah. the Omni Man line, you know? Yeah. And that is something that is alluded to and discussed in the comics, and there are moments you can point to where maybe those manifest. Um, but yes, there's way more sort of subtlety and nuance to Mark and I think you know Steven Yoon is a voice actor also just he effectively conveys like a teenage emotional experience to all of the messiness and craziness. There's a, in the I think it's the second episode Mark gets hit by blood splatter for the first time and yeah, he's freaked out, you know? Yeah. He's freaked out. It's gross. People like people are dying around him, but he you know, he responds quickly. Yes, but but the comic never has time to sink into those things. So, one thing that I, I think is kind of illustrative and is why I wanted us to do this exercise, which Zach refused to do, is I think the animated series proves that there is some meat on the bone to Invincible that is more substantial than, than a pure read-through even sort of indicates. I think it sort of, like, showcases how, you know, when this comic was created, when you think of the context, it's a creator-owned book. Robert Kirkman is not big Hollywood IP guy, getting sued by all his collaborators, Robert Kirkman, yet, right? He's making his name. It is moving fast and making it up as they go. And I, I think I've highlighted in the past couple episodes, which is an argument that I don't think has been a winning argument, but it's still something I, I see appeal in, which is there's a very Stanley the Manly, Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, early 60s Marvel energy to we're just going to build our own superhero universe the way we've always wanted to and see what happens, right? And they're moving fast. They're, they're breaking things. And I think in that effort to move so quickly, now when you look back on it 10 years after it's done, 20 years after it started, there's a lot to fill in. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and, and the animated series is doing that well. And, it, you know, because the animated series is doing a thing that with a lot of comics I would not enjoy. I think Preacher uh, was an was a a- a adaptation where actually this was to its detriment, um, where it was just like, well, let's, let's spend more time in this early phase, let's really sink into that because I, I think a lot of times that can feel like stagnation, especially when you know where things go because you've read the story, right? Yeah. But I think yeah. the first season of Invincible, in covering you know effectively the first thirteen issues, the the Omni Man reveal, right? And we're going to spoil obviously everything here, um, in covering just that, it actually like it gives more meat to Omni Man's motivations. It sets the stage for him. You know, so that twist is not just like as out of the blue. You know, you kind of see it coming. Um, you get to know Mark Norr, you get to know Debbie more, you get to know this whole world th- a lot I think more, the
2: Omni Man like. stuff actually sets it up as like a pretty good mystery. Well, even though you know like he did th- it, you don't know why no, he did it. Yeah, they set it up to be like, you know, like the, the Guardians say something like, oh, he must be under someone's control. And then after, at the end of the fight, he collapses. And like they do sell it as a way of like. Oh like you know maybe something else is going on there's someone else like controlling him there's some you know you're waiting to find out what it could be that isn't just him being like an evil guy Well right? and he's
1: because, and it's and the show is casting suspicion yeah on Omni-Man and and some cruelty to his co- like he's like he's cruel to um other humans outside of his family right you see him be brisk and kind of treat them like they're less than in ways that I don't think you see in the in the comic um, he's And he's kind of pushing being a Viltrumite. He's kind of pushing that attitude on Mark in more subtle ways, where it's not then just this out of the blue, oh, BT-dubs, do you want to kill everyone on Earth? Which is kind of how it's played, you know, mm-hmm. as a twist in the comic, right? Which obviously is is a memorable twist, but nonetheless. So I think there's, there's an opportunity in this animation, which has done well, to look at this and say, you know, what is what is the thing that we've been saying about Invincible, right? It is like, it is kind of all pace. It is all fast-moving narrative, kind of all the time. And the animation says, all right, well, then that means that it it inherently has a weakness of not filling in the details, of of leaving characterization out the window. So I I think it kind of justifies, like, everything we've been saying about it. But it's also, I think to me it says, the meat on the bones of the comic universe that was built is tremendously substantial
4: that they can go back and fill in to
1: this degree and have (laughs) that much success that there are not a lot of comics where you could do that successfully, right? If you went back and you're like, we're going to retell. Well, the example I was giving there was preacher. It
2: feels like a slog. The boys is the other good example of a comic. I that a comic that I think is even worse of a successful
1: adaptation of a, of a
2: that turns into a comic that we don't think works. Yeah. that, basically changes nothing except the, like, the tonal control in the comic. Like, the the emotions and the tone of the comic while leaving the, like, the actual core happenings of the comic. Like, The Boys is weirdly a, uh, a very, like, accurate adaptation of that comic, um, at least initially. And, uh, like, I was surprised when I was watching it. I was like, wow, they, like, really left everything from that comic in here, but it feels so different just because they like take it seriously take the emotion seriously take the character seriously i don't think it's quite to that degree because i don't think invincible fails as much as the boys does in its like tonal control but uh i also think it fills in i think it fills in with like actual characterization like moments of characters doing things that express their character instead of like the comic just kind of saying it out loud but not Having it happen through action, like because that's yeah. something that the comic does quite a bit, is like we hear a lot about Mark's like emotions, but we don't actually see them. Um, so yeah, I think it, it like changes that. It also just kind of tightens up like plot lines and you know improves the writing, cuts way down on the you know like Kirkman can kind of do like a word balloon uh, explosion on the page, cuts way down on that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's pretty good. Like I, I definitely wouldn't say that it like shows that there's something. It's also like, it does feel. It it has the same issue that the comic does, but even more so, I think, where like you're like, well, this seems like it's for like twelve year olds, except it has the most like shocking violence, and the violence is even more amped up here than in the comic. I think like having it be in movement.
1: Let's let's come back to that because I, still... I yeah we can I, kind of agree. Um, I I think. With the boys adaptation, I think there's a key difference because I mostly agree, but I think there's a key difference where the boys adaptation had to fix, I would say, a broken comic, and sure, I think yeah. with Invincible, yeah, yeah. it feels to me more like filling out, like polishing it. something that worked. <laughs> yeah. It it like
3: the show, and I think it's successful at being. As good as you remember Invincible to be, or like you think the Invincible coming <laughs> yeah, is, yeah, yeah. right? Um, and I think like that's the success of it. Well, I feel like when I went back and read the initial arcs of Invincible h- after having seen the show, I was like, oh, this isn't, this is definitely not as tight. Um, but then once we got to the stuff that I, what, <laughs> that I hadn't seen in the uh, in the show. I like got a better sense of the comic for itself, and uh yeah, it feels like reading the comic first gives you a better appreciation of the show and doing it the other way around like doesn't help uh loving the comic um so like if yeah. you
1: watched the show first and then went and read the comics, yeah, that's probably a letdown in your experience at least you saying frust-
3: I think it's a frustrating experience in like on yeah. some storylines that, like, like... I mean, it's, like, a dumb, very small thing from the comic, but, like, William? what? How, when does it happen? Because <laughs> in the show... <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I, I mean, I can say it now, like, we... Well, yeah, we're talking
1: about the show, so absolutely. Yeah,
3: yeah okay. In the show, William, uh, Mark's best friend, is gay from the beginning. Like, he's just out. That's the thing everyone knows, and he's dating guys and stuff. In the comic, he's... Seemingly straight, uh, like – and at least he's dating uh, Eve. Uh, in
2: and Mark, the... Mark does homophobic bullying. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> as, f- like, as far in as issue 50, and
1: yeah, that made I, me I so actually, mad no. that it was still I, I going. Went,
2: I went and double-checked the, the cell date of that because I was like, what, what year is this coming out? Like, yeah. was gay marriage legal yet when this happened? Not quite, but it definitely was – yeah, it was like 2007, I 2008. Mean, we've already condemned the homophobia of it, you know, and, and I think there's –
1: The instant sort of feel of like, well, it's, you know, you can contextualize it of the time, and yes, that's behavior that teenagers engaged in, blah blah blah. I get it. It's not
2: funny. It's the it's the same gag. It's definitely a it's a joke too. He's trying to. He's playing it for a guffaw.
1: He's playing it for a guffaw. And and listen, if there's something I'm gonna get mad at about this comic, it's that. And also (laughs) just like, Kirkman's not funny. Sorry. Like, (laughs) I think he's he's a skilled comic storyteller. Right. I've I've gotten tremendous value out of reading The Walking Dead, out of Invincible. There's other stuff even that I think, you know, he's he's good at hooks and premises and big genre ideas. Not good at comedy at all. Okay, not a funny comic writer. And playing this particular repeated element of homophobia for a guffaw is like, absolutely. If you wanted to hold this up and be like, I I, this comic is not worth the papers printed on because of this, you know, I'm not going to fight you on that. Like, <laughs> I don't, yeah, yeah. I can't, you know? It's, well, it's, I don't know. I, I mean,
2: you're, you're pretty barred from most superhero comics of the era then because it, it is pretty common, this, this kind of casual, like... No, I mean, he's not, not, throwing... not to the...
1: It's, it's the repetition of it, and yeah, it's the, yeah, I mean, isn't this hilarious yeah. attitude that is, yes, you're, like, listen, I'm not saying <laughs> it's the only comic to engage in this. Of course not. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, but, like, in the
3: context of... Seeing the show first, it stands out even more. Sure, like well, that yeah. doesn't yeah, yeah. dive right. Like, uh, yeah, and I've I like there's other less obvious, like just social uh, consciousness stuff uh, that's like upgraded in the show. Um, but yeah, and even like just the a lot of the storylines feel like I mean, it feels like. The storylines that get adapted in the show, you know, they're gonna matter in one way or the other. And if it didn't matter in the comic, we're gonna find ways to make it more interesting. Uh, I feel like the Titan stuff is l- given a lot more time to grow and like a lot more depth in the in the show than in the comic. Um, the even like having the robot stuff come earlier at the same time as Omni Man is like it helps the show feel bigger. Uh, not as it it helps make it feel bigger, but also like the stuff outside of just Mark's life feels also important, uh, which is better I think than in the in the comic. Um, but yeah, like just the, he his relationships, Ember f- feels more like a full character than in the comic. Yes, uh, and yeah, we mentioned before, but the voice acting I think helps a lot with that, because okay,
2: we we. We keep talking about voice. acting. Sorry, can I can I interrupt yeah, about ahead. voice acting? Because I do keep hearing you both say this. I think the voice acting is really inconsistent here. I think the voice director is probably a little at fault. Uh, I, voice I'm director
1: not... shade. You love to see it. Yeah,
2: well, because it's it's just it actually has the same thing that the comic does, where once in a while I misread the moment. Like there was some stuff. Rose and I were watching it, and we both read. Um. It was the first time that Omni-Man and Mark are like out doing some training and Omni-Man punches Mark and he falls to the ground uh-huh. uh and he's holding his stomach and he's like oh, why would you do that and we've both read it as comedy but then, like, we had subtitles on, and it was, like, Mark gasping and crying, and it was like, oh, wait a minute, this isn't – and it was, well, like – Well, have you considered the, the... that that you and your wife are just really cruel
1: people? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and we're, Well, it was I, – I thought it was read as, like, he was like, yeah, come on, punch me, Dad. And then it was like, you know, oh, he didn't know what he was getting into. But then it's, like, him being, like, shocked that his father would have done something so callous.
1: See, I, him. that's interesting. I definitely interpreted that, and I did not have subtitles on. I interpret, which is odd. I know Charlotte, you're shocked here that I didn't watch this entirely. <laughs> which which BTW, yeah. this uh, Invin- whoever uh, soundtracked *Invincible*, like you can you can pay me off anytime for just using my indie rock playlists, um, and and just <laughs> using the last like five years of contemporary indie for uh, for your soundtrack, which was enjoyable. I read that as more nuanced, subtle hints of the violence and cruelty of anime.
2: Well, yeah, no, I got it eventually when I like, when it kept going, but like, I think Yun's performance there is a little confused. I, it, it's, that's one moment. I mean, obviously it's not the whole thing. I, I'm not, I'm not someone to totally, there's a, there's a kind of a, a backlash to the like celebr celebrity, of voice acting, where like all uh, voice acting roles need seems to be like taken. That seems kind
1: of legitimate here. No,
2: e- totally here. Yeah. I, I'm not someone who's like, oh no, you can't be like a real, you know, not a real actor, but you know, like a an actor in front of the screen and then like get these acting roles because some people are really good at both. But it's but not I the do same get, thing. Yeah. And I think it shows. I think there's some like pretty inconsistent like John Hamm is I think is pretty bad here. And he's a incredible actor. I don't think he's a very good voice actor. Who he opens Jay? the show with this big monologue and uh it's pretty crummy, I think. Who does John? John Hamm's like he's the he's like a guard, he's like the FBI. Like the early... like the FBI. It's literally the oh, first oh right yeah, the first yeah that scene. Guy's okay yeah, yeah. I mean they get so many fit. Marsha Ali comes in. They get so many big names here. Seth Rogen does okay. Um,
3: they get Sterling Kate Brown and season two as uh, Angstrom Levi, which uh,
2: I, I know yeah
1: he goes funny. he goes hard. I kind yeah, of he, yeah. I feel like he's leaning. Yeah, so, the, some the people are good, but
2: you know what actually made me think that it was it's probably you know the voice director too because they're all you know they're all gosh uh, you you need to look up this person's
1: page. name cuz you have it out for them
2: well the the point i'm making is it's not necessarily just a bunch of crummy voice actors right like i don't you know when, when you kind of see this like inconsistently consistently inconsistent voice acting you want to you know look to who like directed all the performances um it's it's very
1: showy like with its voice acting right in terms yeah, of like look yeah, at all yeah. the names we got um yeah it's stunt yeah. casting yeah it is it's also like i think the most cynical view of it would be like, wow, they're really casting for the prime video feature of mousing over your screen and seeing <laughs> yeah, all the names yeah. that are involved in yeah, the scene. Sure. You know, like it's they're definitely doing that. Um they want you to like, show more put- J.K. Simmons roles, you know? Like it's
2: And it's like put that money into your animation. Because we haven't talked about it yet, but I think the animation here is pretty Okay, <laughs> um, Charlotte, did you think about Legend of Korra a bunch? Because I kept going back to Legend of Korra. Yeah, Legend of um, Korra
3: and uh, the Netflix Voltron series was like mm, very mm-hmm. much that type of animation in a bad
1: way. I, I like, what does that mean? Legend of like, like, what do you like mean? Like, Legend by of Korra, Korra is
2: significantly yeah. better while yeah. being like a very similar. similar. style. Okay.
3: Yeah. I think I do think the animation, especially in season one, feels cheap in its uh, thoughts. <laughs> Uh, especially I, like, I mean I not in the battle stuff say. but especially in, like just like yeah. normal discussions it does yeah. feel it, cheaper
2: feels like flash animation like they only can move like yeah yeah it, it's like it weirdly seems like Archer you know where like they're you know they don't care about it besides like their mouths are gonna move and their eyes are gonna move a little bit um but they're very very stiff um and I'm sure it's a budget thing whether or not it gets that's better um, in season two yeah, well, Definitely. probably because the show became a huge yeah, hit, yeah. and they were like, "All right, we can put a little money into this." Because like Cora, which came out, you know, well over like a decade ago, looks so much nicer yeah. while doing like a it very a similar very thing, especially, similar style, especially in its, yeah. its action scenes. Yeah, that's interesting. Also, J.K. Simmons it, it, as uh, Big Dad. Yes, right. Uh, yes, yeah. Acting yeah. Role, yeah. And he's so much better as Tenzin in uh, <laughs> Cora too. J.K. Simmons he's, is he's, Tenzin. Yeah, she's yeah. great. Man.
1: I never connected those dots. Oh, my gosh. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Blew my mind. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, one thing I want to go back to that Charlotte said here, how, you know, these episodes are more fleshed out, right? And how if you go back to the comic and kind of the nature of that, like <laughs> after the fact, how it might feel hollow by comparison. But I feel like there's a flip side to that, which is, again, the thing I, a thing I like about Invincible a lot is the fact that it moves so much. And it cuts through so much plot so quickly. The show does feel stagnant at times. I mean, Charlotte, you said up front, you know, forty five minute episodes for an animated series yeah. is not these are not the drawers I'm looking for. <laughs> like like I think this would be much better served with twenty eight minute, thirty minute runtimes. Um, I think the episodes can feel long. And I think, yes, it provides the advantage of having the time to fill in things that are not proportionally or appropriately filled out in the comic storytelling but in doing so it also means you're kind of stuck there for a little while right that is eight episodes almost eight hours entirely of the omni-man twist you know which the first Mm -hmm. or the first episode ends with omni-man killing the guardians of the globe like you know the answer the whole time you know wait it
2: doesn't you don't get the reveal till the season finale
1: the season finale of... Oh right, you didn't watch. So the season is, finale is of, the big of, fight. of season Ooh. one is, yeah, is Omni-Man versus... Marvel. I kind of
2: thought it would come at the end of the second episode, and then it didn't, and I was like, all right. No, well, no. They play the whole season to the building
1: to that moment, which, Whoa, again, I do perfect. think effectively lets us get to know these people, for sure. Yeah. But it also means actually, we're stuck in that, and that, that the other yeah. rapid-fire everything-happening-at-once plot... Like, so by, by the fourth episode... Zach, of the second yeah. season, which is where the show's at right now. Yeah. They have made it plot-wise about where we were last episode of Convincible
4: mm-hmm. with
1: the Mark finding Omni-Man again, the reveal of Oliver, and his, his alien half-brother. Like, so gotcha. So they make, you know, so, and, and there's other things, right? But Angstrom Levy has has, uh, has had his brain injury, um, you know, so it's there. But it's, you know, 30-plus issues. So they move fast That's through, it. like, you know, 13 through 30-something,
2: Right. The thing with the, the Omni-Man twist in the comics, though, is that, like, he had to kind of get to that. Because it is, like, the thing that launches the series, right? It And it is very compelling when it happens. And it really kind of launches the series as, like, this is doing its own thing. Like, we are in it, you know, like, this is not your, your grandpa's superhero story, right? Um, and Kirkman, I mean, Kirkman has said it out loud. He was like, I planned on, you know, revealing that, like, in issue 30 or something, but I also didn't know if the comic was going to be around, so I just had to get to it. So the show doesn't have that like problem, right? You know where they are like rush like, well, we don't know if we're going to get the whole season to do it, so we might as well wait. So I, kind I mean, of I guess they don't that, know that
1: they're going to get a second season. I mean, there's that's
2: there's some that's true, there. but like I think like to get to the Omni Man, you know that big moment, the the twist there. I think like maybe even building up the emotion of it would work better. Like it does kind of come out of nowhere, and it is a good twist, but like it might have worked better if we really cared about that relationship. Um, the, 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 emotion of it, invest.
1: the emotion of it in the last episode hit me a lot harder watching yeah. it. Yeah,
4: because you get well, to see a lot of family the life invested.
3: of Omni-Man with Mark and with Debbie. Yeah. Like, a lot of scenes of just Omni-Man and Debbie and like a lot of the investigation around what's going on with the Omni-Man comes from uh, his wife and that character uh, in ways that like make the betrayal and like at the end And that big speech feel even more heartbreaking than in the in the comic. feels like in the comic the line about his mom being like like a pet to him feels more throwaway kind of, Um, not fully throwaway, but it feels like it doesn't feel as huge. If it spent as much time with that
2: relationship, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, the the delivery of it by Simmons is great, and also it's like it is within the context of just more (laughs) being said, which is ironic because Kirkman writes way too much dialogue in so many scenes throughout the comic um but that particular sequence of of mark like the place i i do think you know i think we're kind of beating around the bush of saying the writing on invincibles uh, the anime series is really good um yeah i i think they do a fantastic job with elevating the material and i i think that is a testament of course to the original material that those writers are able to elevate it so well i think we can all agree
2: So Uh, okay, don't put those words. (laughs) I think it's pretty good. Now,
1: one thing I do want to address that you you pointed out, Zach. There's a slight sense of maturity. We talked about this with the comic last time. I think I think last episode I said like, I kind of wish the comic didn't do the insane hyper violence because Mm, then mm -hmm. you could actually recommend it to like like young readers, you know, as like a superhero Mm -hmm. comic because otherwise it has, you know, those kind of like almost all ages vibes. You know, where they're like, yeah. well, cut away, dear Rita, while Eve and Mark do their smooching in the closet, you know? And it's like, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, but then, yeah, yeah. And then there's this insane hyperviolence. It does the same thing in the series, but with swearing, right? So there's a slight sense of maturity, but it's like a hollow maturity. You know, it's it's that teenage maturity of cussing and lots of blood violence, right? And I think otherwise... <laughs> blood violence. Blood violence. And I think <laughs> otherwise, one thing I noticed is season two feels so much like I'm watching the spectacular Spider Man. I don't know if y'all had this feeling too. Like, I felt. Mm, yeah, I did. Like I it's did. got huge. Season two? Super yeah. Animated superhero show yeah. energy of the of ones I've enjoyed. Which it
3: literally is. I mean,
1: Because it, it literally is that. But then it's yeah. like, but it's also like, and look at us, we're so mature. And I think that works on the boys tonally. And I think here it's another thing where it's like, it's just hollow. I, you're not the mature
2: thing that I th- that you think you are. I, I don't Sure, yeah. It. Yeah, well, I mean, like, yeah, the boys, you know, leans into it. Uh, and it's so baked into the core identity of the boys also, right? The whole world is, is wrapped around that tone. Whereas here, it's very much not, right? Like, it's weirdly... Uh, I was thinking that reading the comic again at this point where, like, him and Eve, and I'm like, this relationship is still very chaste, Despite the fact that they're like twenty two, like it's still very non sexual.
1: Yeah. I mean I think that's uh, one of the ways it's got the biggest early two thousand or er, um early sixties Stanley the Manly, like comics code energy is like, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like a self and could Peter Parker be a virgin? <laughs> yeah, he could be. <laughs> because, you know, he's are pretty <laughs> chaste comics, the the way that they're portrayed. Um, Invincible's oddly the same. Uh all right. So I think I think the anime series has has sort of shown uh, unequivocally the strength of Invincible. I guess, are there any counter arguments? Um... <laughs>
2: I'll, I'll hear my closing thought on Invincible. It, it did at least, it made me go, oh, you know what? I really get why people like this show. And, uh, and I was a little surprised by that. So like, plus that goes in the plus column for the show. Cause now, uh, like I, I, you know, I saw people talking about it and I was like, it can't be, it's not going to, you know, I've read that comic. The show's not going to be very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, And it's uh, it's better than the. I think it does the
1: thing that you want an adaptation to do, which is take what people liked and expand on it, and and improve upon it in ways that will work for the medium you're working within. It gives
2: a ton of scenes that are not straight out of the comic, which is really interesting. And then when it does those scenes, it adds more to them. You know, I think that's like huge. Is it's not like it keeps the basic outline, but it's not really precious about like the exact journey there. Are either of you
1: Um, uh, Walking Dead fans? TV show like you watched, you nope. enjoyed it. Nope. I've never seen an episode. I've watched
2: yet. a couple of seasons, but no. Charlotte? I mean, it, it's no, okay. No,
3: never seen a never seen a single
2: episode. Never seen
1: a single episode. Okay, I did think it was interesting by comparison because The Walking Dead's first season. Obviously, Walking Dead was enormously successful,
2: right? Like, uh, is enormously successful. It has. Do you know how many spin offs are going right now? That show? <laughs> I
1: could not tell you, but I'm. I'll be shocked by whatever like the number is. There's like three
2: separate. I think there's like three separate running series right now. Yeah. That are going let me see. It's amazingly walking big dead like Dead City, Daryl, and The Ones Who Live. There's three separate shows running around. Yeah, that's now. wild. See, I underrate it's nuts,
1: yeah. I, I even underrate how big it is. Yeah. Like it's like too. I know it's yeah. successful and I still don't. Like like I have like, you know, like relatives who are like total non comics people. Like honestly people I wouldn't even like people who are like super uptight about like religion and stuff, and they're like <laughs> walking <dead> heads, <laughs> Right? Like you Yeah, know, it has like, that it,
2: weird crossover thing where people who would never go near a zombie thing yeah. and still somehow got sucked into it because yeah. it's just the melodrama of it yeah
1: so one thing the first season does well is it never and and as it progressed it had this problem like it never quite knew which way to adapt directly versus trying something new and the moments that i liked it the most were like season 1 where it was kind of like doing its own thing a little bit you know it did the Rick story and the setup but it kind of did its own thing and then season 5 it, it introduces this like you know, like an entirely new cast kind of thing like, in a hospital, and it was like, oh, mm-hmm. like, this could be something new. That's interesting. Um, that's often when I liked it the most, versus trying to replicate the comics experience, you know? Like, I, I think when Walking Dead, the show, most directly tried to represent the comics experience, like the the farm and Negan and the governor and all that stuff. I, I was pretty out on those mm-hmm. moments. I was often like, well, no, I just I kind of like the comics. I already read this stuff. And I think it's kind of incredible, to me, that Invincible's doing the thing I thought I didn't like but in a way that I like, you know, like I always I always would have said, if it's just going to kind of adapt the thing that I know, I'm going to be really bored by that. Yeah. Um, And Invincible does that in a way where I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm actually really interested to see like how they're doing that and succeeding. Like it's kind of blowing my mind. Uh, Char- Maybe
2: just because it unlocks the potential of something that, you know, that is so great, kind of stinks and you're like, man, <laughs> I wish this was better. And then, you know, it's like, oh, now it's pretty watchable you know, as opposed to unreadable. Interesting take, interesting take. <laughs> yeah. Charlotte, uh, would you, what, like the next four
1: episodes get dropped, let's say. People are eagerly awaiting the end of season two. There's delays and stuff. Yeah. When those drop, like how eager are you to watch them?
3: I'm curious, uh, but not, I don't know, not as much as I would. I don't even, like I watched those four episodes two weeks ago, I want to say. I actually don't remember where it leaves off. Well, obviously, um, you didn't
1: remember Char-Livler. Char Charlover. So I didn't remember did yeah. uh, No, yeah.
3: it it ends, like, right at the end of the, like, insect plant st- stuff, right? When Omni-Man gets captured, I think. Um, what are you, yeah.
1: what a use yeah. of of uh, Rhea Seahorn? Fresh off an incredible run on Better Call Saul, to be like, What did you hey, say? Wait, really? Hey, Is do that you want her? Wanna, yeah, hey, do you want to voice Omni-Man's bug wife? That's <laughs> <Yeah, I'm gonna. laughs> so weird. I know.
3: So um... Oh, I guess the stuff that comes next probably the Angstrom Levi stuff, which I am curious about because like Sterling K. Brown, uh, can can do no wrong. Um, it's like I'm. I'm Wait, what do,
2: where do you know? It's so weird that you keep mentioning Sterling K. Brown because you're not like a movie person. Where do you know him? <laughs> he's from? pretty famous. It's Not that weird. But first of all, yeah, he's famous. Yeah. Uh, sometimes Charlotte's like two doesn't, things. No, the best
3: okay. episode of Book Nine Nine by far is the okay. one with he plays. Okay. Yeah, yeah, where he plays, like, a dentist who killed someone, and the whole episode is just him in the integration room being um, integrated by uh, Andy Samberg and uh, the captain. And that's a great episode of Book Nine, my favorite by far. And then he plays the dad in uh, Kipo, the Netflix animated series, which is, like, great (laughs) animated series. Please go check it out if you're, like, fan of uh, anything like uh, Steven Universe, that kind of stuff. Kipo is wonderful. Um, and he plays the dad in that, and he's he's great. He's he's a really cool voice actor, I think, on top of being a a, a regular actor. But yeah, to be fair, I haven't seen him in many uh, live action stuff. Yeah, I mean, he's
2: he's not. Dave said he's very famous. He's not that famous, to be honest. <laughs> like I don't
3: know, he's pretty famous. Uh, yeah. It's pretty well known, I think. Yeah. Um. Oh, and he, he, Dave wasn't named
2: he... three movies that Sterling K. Brown has been in.
3: He was in the he was in the introduc- introductory sequence of Black Panther, right? He plays yeah, the dark yeah, I think. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: that was exact. Yeah. Which you know what?
3: That's, kind a, that's of waste Black of Sonic was Kbrown in the MCU. He could have been a, a like a bigger character probably uh, at some point
2: Yeah, yeah. What a weird. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah anyways, uh, cool, cool actor for a character that like I think works in the comic, but doesn't feel as I don't feel like there's an opportunity to make him feel bigger and like have more depth in the show I'm um, curious to see what they do with that uh and otherwise yeah i'm not sure it feels like they're probably gonna do some stuff from later like from stuff we're currently reading because uh, like there's a scene in the first few episodes of scene two with the laser league and stuff i wish i don't know what that's gonna where that's going uh
2: yeah so, but compared to like the boys if the boys put out some new episodes next week I mean, I literally, you know.
3: I, I haven't watched the boys spin-off, which I, I need to, and then, I don't know, I feel like I'm more on the Invincible train right
2: now. Um, really? You were, like, crazy about the boys. Yeah, I know, I know. I know no but, bad. like,
3: I mean, it's also, like, just recency bias. Like, I just, uh, I, I'm currently reading Invincible, so I'm, like, in the Invincible brain. Um, mm. so, Yeah, I feel like I'm more, I'm more sort of Invincible. <laughs> it's in also, the Invincible it, brain. It's also more, like, a just, like, popcorn, meat and potatoes stuff than The Boys is so it feels uh-huh. more, I think it's a bit more, a bit less exhausting than The Boys uh, and The Boys is like, it's great but it is a bit, like, it's uh, harder to, to just, w- consume, Right. Um, I think the Invinci- Invincible is still, at the end of the day, like...
2: <laughs> that's, it's not really a good thing to say, just being like, you can put this on in the background. I mean, I would like, say,
3: like, not quite in I mean, the that's my problem with like, it, it. It's, it's a fun superhero show, right? Uh, straight mm. up, way more than The Boys is. Um, although, like, I just, literally just before we, we recorded this, I watched the Adam Eve, uh, like, special they did, which is yeah. just, like, uh, an... An ep- invincible episode that just about the backstory of Adam Eve, he- Adam Eve, and how she became a superhero, which isn't good. I mean, it's uh, it's not bad, but it's like it's not as good as the rest of invincible. It's way more of just like just straight up superhero stuff that like has the invincible violence, but not really the invincible depth. Depth. It just feels like a basic superhero comic, um, which is a bit disappointing. So yeah, I like Invincible. Is I think I'm more on the Invincible train because it's more basic on a corner. Like, if, if it's more light and breezy, uh, surprisingly enough. But like yeah, I yeah I I don't know that I would say I like it better than the boys. Um, just like feels easier to to get through. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's it's the opposite of what I want in TV. Like anything that feels easy to get through, I'm like boring. Why would I waste my time <laughs> with this? Um,
3: excuse us <laughs> such a high I, no individual. no sorry I'm sorry it
2: is, it is so true pretentious. Like, I know what you mean that's... but
1: it's a very pretentious way of saying it
2: it's really become a thing as I've gotten older too because I used to be able to be like like if a show has 24 episodes in a season it is a hard sell for me now I will not make the time for it I think but it, I, used to, I think yeah. there
1: is a there's a value to like you know just being in different moods on certain days Zach like you know there are days when I want to yeah, sink yeah. into a complex difficult show that is going to be you know a huge payoffs right and then i, I really got to focus on and there are days zach where i just want a marvel snap on my phone while something decent is playing in the background you know and i i, yeah. I think there yeah, is yeah. some value to that kind of tv um and i know it sounds insulting to be like it's a good second screen show but i actually think that's a very i mean common i use, experience like experience for so I many use, people
2: like, it's really really common um that's i am judgmental i guess uh, based on that tone of my voice but uh i uh just increasingly snobby <laughs> it's true i do i mean like i use youtube for that right like i watch a bunch of youtube stuff that is not you know that is the kind of like while i'm cooking dinner um you know half watching something um i just kind of like it, if it is a tv show that does something like that that is like kind of inessential to even like fully pay attention to then i'm kind of like what's the like what it's even the point of watching it. Anyway, did we watch... Did we talk about Echo at all? Well, hang we on. Guess? I have to
1: uh, I have to defend myself. I know Sterling K. Brown from The People vs. O.J. Simpson. You asked. Uh, oh, um, okay. I watched that too. You were like, defend yourself. How do you know? Yeah. How do you know this man? <laughs> uh, I know. I just, so well. I have
3: three live action stuff with uh, Sterling K. Brown, I 99, oh, yeah. uh, The People vs. O.J. Simpson, and... Black Panther. That's three.
1: He also has a voice in
2: Frozen 2, so there's four.
3: Oh right, he's the Colonel guy. Yeah. No, uh,
2: You've actually seen more stuff with Strange Clay Brown than I. Have. <laughs> um, I I don't want to talk about Echo, but uh. Haven't seen it. Yeah. Most people seem to agree with you, Zach. <laughs> I haven't said anything about it yet. I haven't. No, no, <laughs> I they don't say... want to talk about
1: it. That's the problem.
2: Oh uh, yeah, I was just wondering if we're ever gonna bring it up. At you know,
1: point. actually, w- so there. That's actually an interesting comp. Because you know you raised the, I think last time you were like I'd rather read a majority (laughs) of just like good to decent Marvel comics than Invincible, right? I think was kind of you know your argument. I'd rather watch Invincible than almost anything Marvel uh, MCU TV wise. Oh yeah. In the last boy, I don't know post post
2: Loki season one. I think. That's crazy. She Hulk really.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'd rather watch Miss Marvel than She-Hulk. Yeah,
2: it's actually kind of closer than I.
1: So if you're gonna Um, put it in that in that category of who's doing soups, and and I mean, come on, Zach, even you over What If, over the one animated. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, definitely over What If. Uh, You know? Yeah, over Miss Marvel probably. It is a little more successful at like what it's trying to do. I think. Um, I think it's way you're worse. It is with
3: Marvel. What? What? Are you yeah, about? yeah. You were
2: way down in this I, I was the one. That's who, what it I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm saying. Invincible is uh, like better at what it's trying to do. It yeah. achieves its Ms. goals a lot more effectively. Yeah.
1: And to Charlotte's continued point, just it's tight. I mean, it, it knows yeah. what it's trying to do. Um, okay, so let's let's actually look a little bit at the comics we read for this third part and just see. These like, were pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Like, is there anything here that is outstanding? Uh, I, is there anything here that is awful? I already it, the. The homophobic joke, it was already the thing that... I've got one awful thing. Knocked him out my ass. What do you got, Charlotte?
3: I mean, not awful, but, like, pretty disappointing. The breakdown of, what's his name, Cecil? Uh, and, like, that the breakdown of that relationship between Cecil and Mark and, like... Yeah. Uh, him... Like, Cecil is the Nick Fury of this universe, and he's, for the most part, especially in the show, but, like, also in the comic, he just... He's always very calm and, like... Patient and trying to be nice to everyone, to to and like it feels like oh there's probably some manipulation there and like he's doing shady stuff definitely but like he behaves himself in a way that is very I don't know that feels more special than like badass Nick Fury, uh, badass mean Nick Fury like he yeah. feels uh, his character feels more interesting just because of the way he behaves himself but he's very yeah calm. Uh quiet and very, very controlled, yeah. Controlled, yeah, thank you. Um and here in the comic, in the comics we read today, there's a point like when Mark discovers that he that Cecil has been quieting down the fact that uh the Darkwing sidekick murdered people and that the guy who Darkwing <laughs> Duck <laughs> Yeah sorry <laughs> uh and, and the guy who like was doing experiments on people on campus, uh, has been recruited by uh Cecil's agency. He finds that out, yeah, yeah, and that breaks down the relationship in a way that like Cecil is in Im- just immediately shifts to being like a full asshole and like b- uh threatening and attacking Mark, uh, yeah. which like that's so strange, he, he, right? Like, I think
2: he actually he, he does an okay job connecting. Like why Cecil would react like that, like because he's like Cecil's like, We've been here before, Mark. I know basically you have a temper, you get out of control, you don't know your own strength. I need to get protect myself. Should I don't know I, that
1: like... I'm totally on Mark's side as this is happening either. Like I'm probably not. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Mark's reactions are massively outsized. And I think in I think I think the comic I would guess is kind of trying to drive the reader to Dark Cecil needs some comeuppance and Mark has to be the one to stop him. But I actually, reading it, I'm kind of like Mark is reacting like a spoiled child um, I in guess, some ways. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the way
3: I read it, I was like, Cecil just became way less interesting because now he also seems like kind of a lunatic, like in the confrontation between... He,
1: he gets a little too Cecil-y, I think. But <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: uh, the yeah, the but groans, in the, the condition <laughs> with the Guardians of the Globe, to me, I, it felt like it was a way more interesting route of him actually getting, like, manipulating the Guardians of the Globe and, like, almost gaslighting Mark into, like, you're alone on this. Yeah. But, like, here he just, like, immediately is, like, okay, I'm going to deal with that later. I'm just attacking everyone and we'll sort everything later. And, like, that feels less interesting like yeah it mel- It lessens that character to me because uh, I was uh, kind of excited of being like okay where is this going because like there's probably going to be in a similar way as Omni-Man a way in which this resolves in a way you don't expect or that's more interesting than the way it would resolve in Marvel and DC or DC he just was like yeah that's the way that would play out in Captain America I guess um, yeah it, it I, I, h- feels I don't know I don't easy. really I
2: don't it's really funny. agree with <laughs> any of this uh i i found this pretty like dramatically engaging like in one of the more like engaging bits of everything we read yeah in that like i mean I, i guess anytime invincible does something where i feel like there's some stakes and that like you know something's actually changing up here right like something's at stake uh in the in this exact moment there is a a there are stakes for what could happen next like mark on this like tipping point of like is he going to irrevocably damage the relationship with cecil are the two of them like totally on the outs how will this play out i think like that generally pretty yeah that generally worked for me i think and I, I think i kind of like and, the new status quo
1: yeah but. i think mark and cecil being at odds is a good status quo shift
2: yeah i'm fine um, with I that
1: think i think darkening cecil is happens. A, yeah no i hear what you're saying i think darkening cecil makes sense right we've been going that way yeah. for a while you know, he's working with all these elements that obviously Mark was going to find. You know, the one guy did turn Mark's, you know, college friend into a cyborg and dissect his body. Like, it's, it's understandable he would not be happy about that and would react uh, angrily the way that he does. I, I kind of, I, I'm more on Zach's side on this one um, in terms of, like, I, I think it's very much of a piece of the comic and, and the approach and what I've been saying, you know, kind of throughout this episode of, like, it's a little too fast yeah. but this comic is often a little too fast. Yeah, I just I think it's often kind of like it puts one foot in front of the other a half pace ahead of where maybe it should be, but it's in the effort to get somewhere interesting. And I kind of like that approach, honestly, because even in the sort of fast stumble, I know it's just it's going to take us somewhere different and and I like that about a superhero comic, you know, because it it sure, yeah. reduces stagnancy. It reduces. So I hear what you're saying. It does. I think probably the probably the way the animated series does this, you know, is you can see them looking at this and being like, "Well, we can get to this end result of them at odds, but let's not have the Cecil acts like a lunatic, you know." Scene. Yeah, because like, even like, like he should still be like... kind of in control.
3: Yeah, and I feel like the stuff with, for example, the guy who experimented on uh, students, like. I don't know if Mark knows about it, but it feels like that small part of the first season, like, people people are aware of that. It feels like, I think Mark's mom is in the room at one point with both Cecil and that guy towards the end of season one, maybe. Like, it feels like that's more of a well-known fact. So I feel like the way they're going to adapt the breakdown of that relationship will be for different reasons, probably. Uh, and I'm curious to see how that happens in the show. And it feels like Cecil's character is... I feel like, if has way more room in the show, like he's he's on a lot of he's in a lot of scenes, um, and has a hand in every storyline, yeah, um, and yeah, so I feel like that's gonna be a big end of season thing, probably at some point. Uh, maybe not season two, but probably season three.
1: And uh, it's a big, I mean, it's big two thousand six, two thousand seven energy. Sure, I yeah. think to to have because Bendis does the same thing with Nick Fury, where it's like, you know. Um, you know, we we can't just keep working for the government the same way. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, there's sort of, a, there's that post 9-11, like in American comics especially, right? There's that sort of immediate, now everyone's on the side of the government and we're all hunting terrorism, whatever that means, right? And then I think by the time you get to 06, 07, then now there's a more cultural backlash to an Unjustified War in Iraq and kind of the approach to things and, and people are having more, understanding towards like well no there's a darkness here and mark working for the pentagon is i mean for lack of a better word it's not cool (laughs) right it's not culturally um as good of a look for that character so i i think that's part of what's happening here a little bit i do think dark cecil like it's not it because it's it's, you know this is like the big issue 50 kind of like what's the status quo change going to be and I think, as far as status quo changes in Invincible, it's it's one of the weaker ones. Um, it's necessary, but it's also like it's not as big a difference from like you, you can do this in Marvel or you yeah. can do this in DC. And I think the Angstrom Levy stuff, the the Omni Man twist, those are moments when it's like Kirkman kind of being like, these aren't your father's superhero comics. And I, I mean,
2: Oliver is the Oliver, the real... yeah. Yeah, big big twist here, right? Or not twist, but like Oliver's the big shifting of like this is an ongoing thing, especially when Oliver starts killing people. Because he like, does he like, oh. kill
1: the Maule twins here? Is that what happens? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. right. And that's kind of big
2: because they're they're a really big that's, recurring bit. That's the real moment of like this is trouble, and this will be trouble. Yeah, like, moving forward. Well, and that's what I say this... when
1: my when my two year old just murders <laughs> these yeah. uh, these villainous clones. I'm like, oh, here comes yep. trouble. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs>
4: Yeah, you're right. Who let, who let that...
2: trouble in here? Um, the, well, it's also like the, uh, the the Cecil thing is kind of just undoing something that wasn't that interesting to begin with. That kind of just seemed like a uh, a narrative conceit. I don't know about like, that. Actually, Mark working for the government for fifty issues has not been like I, I, I think I, it is. It, has it was the source of his superheroing, but like Cecil is, I don't know. Like Cecil himself is like uh, Cecil and his government have not been that compelling of like a, a, you know, from like a plot point of view. Charlotte. For me, they they are just real, kind of like the narrative drivers of him having to run off and not have a relationship.
1: Real quick, but based off what you just said, Zach, Charlotte, how shocked were you to find that Donald has one of the most compelling subplots in the Invincible series?
3: <laughs> I mean, from his presence in season one, I was like, okay, he's he's something, right? Yeah. Uh, but I, I couldn't have... I, wouldn't have guessed what exactly is going on. He's, it's not a thing, it's a thing in the comic, but it's not a storyline, right? Like, here it feels like in the show, it's going to be a thing with him discovering his cyborg, and like, he's been killed uh, more than once.
1: I I think Um, it's way more of a thing in the the show right now. In the
3: comic, it's just just like, yeah, he knows, and he's going to refer to it once once or twice, but like, yeah. he's just around and I think uh, am I getting this right like he was before Invincible he was a character in Brits, like uh, one of Kirkman's other superhero comics uh, oh if that's true Invincible. I don't even
1: know yeah is he in like I, I think he,
3: it was like a character he really likes writing that he was being ha- really having fun with on another comic yeah and he just ported, in, ported him over to Invincible uh, I, I think that's right I think I, I saw that somewhere um, Zach if I said yeah. who
2: is Donald
1: in Invincible what do you, what's your answer I would have. I
2: honestly like. It took me the context of you saying it like here to figure <laughs> out who he was, even though we were talking about him directly. Yeah, so, yeah. I, yeah. I would. have felt the same way. I
1: would have felt the same way until, yeah. uh, until the end, maybe. Yeah. Um, okay. So the other. So yeah, we got Oliver. I guess is the most substantial thing here, which is he is now. Um, you know what is he? Eight, nine. Let's say in terms of like you know how he, how he appears human. Um, he's a little Damian Wayne-ish, but even more murderous. Turns out, uh, he's got more Omni-Man in him than than human, right? Because he's he has no human in him, I guess. Well, I guess he does, actually. Um, wait, no. Omni-Man doesn't become a human because he has a human son. That's not how that works. Let's talk more about eugenics. Uh, so Oliver <laughs> Oliver has a killing urge and Mark is trying to convince him that human life has value. And that's a big development. My favorite development in this entire sequence I actually like the Viltrumets coming to Earth. Um, and Mark having been put there. Oh, and I, yeah. And I appreciated yeah. that the Viltrumite that woman, woman yeah. actually... So instead of it... Just, like, she actually starts to make some arguments on behalf of the Viltrumites, who have just been big, big Silver Age mustachio-twirling energy this whole time, you know? Yeah. Um, it is kind of nice to actually put, like, at least some effort at sort of a philosophical, can like, I, well, you'll have 200 years of a utopia. Is that worth it to you? Can um, I answer
3: you really quickly? Yeah, yeah. I find it hilarious that... I, I guess, like, one of the only gags that worked for me in this, and I'm not even sure it's an intentional gag.
2: I literally wrote, is this a joke? Because it's a good one if it is. Yeah. <laughs>
3: the, the head of the, like, uh, galactic resistance against the Viltrumite is a guy that looks like an old human-looking man with very long beard. And he takes off his beard to reveal that he's actually a Viltrumite, and he's got, like, the Viltrumite yeah. clink clean shaven except for a mustache under there like is this a biological thing that like all male Vilshamites have this have mustache a sick stash. and that's a the way you recognize a Vilshamite yeah. and that like he, they can't grow an actual beard it's like, that's not true because only man does grow beard at some point but like yeah <laughs> but like a very funny thing of him getting that beard off and like having the mustache and but i couldn't that's... tell if it was an actual <laughs> gag or not
2: I wrote. I wrote in my notes. I don't know where the disconnect is in the art or the writing, but there are times that I think it's making a joke, but I can't tell for sure. Yeah. For example, the Viltrumite, Viltrumite mustache. Also, the moment. Yes, because if if that's the gag, it's really funny. But I think he somewhat fails at like Seneca's. you know triggering the punchline. I,
1: there's another. This joke. is a this is a book built on visual gags. There are a lot of those. So I yeah. I would be surprised if no one recognized the comedy in that. I, I would give some yeah. credit there.
2: Well, I mean, we're recognizing it. We're just like it, No, no, I mean, I mean the
1: creative I, team. I like I don't think they just accidentally oh, okay. took a beard gotcha. off and left a mustache and nobody found that funny. I'd be a little I'd, yeah. I'll give them credit for that.
2: There there was another moment where I was like, I, is this supposed to be kind of a gag cuz I can't tell. It's where Multipol, which Multipol is a really funny. Good name. Uh pod name. That really that cracked me up. Um Multipol attacks and he's like fighting Rex Explode <laughs> because he thinks Rex Explode like was responsible for the death of his sister. Multi Duplicate. Um, duplicate 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 <laughs> <laughs> i think that works it's fine too <laughs>
1: Ooh, that'd be a good uh evolution yeah <laughs>
2: um but uh at the end of it like they're having a big like tearful like duplicate comes back multi paul is talking d- the d- the big emotional thing where he's like i was doing this because i felt so guilty and you know you were dead and blah 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 and then like right in the middle of it like Mark walks up and punches the guy, and they're like, whoa, Mark, what are you doing? You're going crazy. And he's like, he just caused so much damage, he hurt a bunch of people. Like, look at Rex, this guy's going to jail. And then, like, the scene cuts, and I was like, is this... Like, I felt like it was... Do you think that was a joke? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like,
4: uh, yes. you read that
1: as a... I, I think they play that as a joke, I do. I, I think anytime there's, like, there's, like, a setup and a beat, and then it ends with a big, big swing... Right, a big punch in this case. I think that is often them trying to use the page for comedy. Yes, I think they do that a lot.
2: I just, I just, he's so bad at it. (laughs) He's really bad at it because I think that's actually a pretty good gag if he had like executed it well. I think that's a that's like a decent gag of like the supervillain that you know was misunderstood and was only attacking because of some, you know, emotional misunderstanding, and they're having the big heartfelt moment, and then our hero coming in and being like, "Yeah, it doesn't matter if they have like sister issues, like." He just blew up the front door of the bank he's going to jail like because yeah. how many times have we seen that in like marvel and dc right like talking out them after the fight they talk through you know all their emotions i thought it was an okay gag but it's just it's not signaled very clearly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, i think so. it is what
1: you're what you're saying it is um mm.
2: so yeah no it sounds can like I,
1: sounds like you really appreciate the great <laughs> the great comedy can, with can i actually com- say
2: this this batch i had a pretty okay time with well and i think so
1: that's kind of important because i do actually think and we kind of talked about this in the first the first convincible this is a comic that is that is a marathon comic for sure and i think i was i was hesitant in that first one to be like just wait for issue 75 because that feels insane um but it's like we know it's a marathon right like we're not we're not out here running the course sprinting thinking like well i'll be done in a minute like it's that, that is actually a huge part of this book's appeal. And this kind of ties back to where I started things in terms of, like, the value of Why the Last Man, you know, in books like that. Like, part of the value is that it's 60-plus issues and that that is a creative feat and that I do like, like, consistent creative teams putting their all into a thing for a long time and potentially
2: getting better as they go. Um, yeah, getting better as they go. I think both... I think Kirkman is... Getting into the groove a little bit better. I think the pacing is a little bit uh, I, I say that and then like I think about the pages of like astronauts just like doing exposition for like three whole pages of I know, I <laughs> bird know. Balloons. Yeah. But but in general I think the pacing is like moving a little better. I think the extra plot lines are getting a little tighter, and especially I think Ryan Otley's art is getting really good. Otley, Otley think, consistently Otley, gets better and better, which is a
4: huge I think, part of this, yeah.
2: I I think I'm sold on Otley now in a way I wasn't before. Like, this batch, Otley, is doing some, like, really good-looking stuff, especially when it comes to the big, like, big splash pages, big goopy weird monsters, the the cruise ship sea serpent, you know, seeing the scale of stuff, Yeah. right? Like, I think he can sell both, like, scale of big things or, like, a thousand little things (laughs) on the page. Um, And the action is getting... Getting better, so I think like Otley is really making the uh, the comic easier to read. Mm-hmm. I, I'll still say it never like yeah you know, no literally it never has moments where I'm like oh shit that's great like I had one ma- it, it, I had one here it, okay Go on. the return of Sterling K Brown's own Angstrom
1: Levy I would forgotten that he wasn't mm-hmm. done <laughs> actually and so now we're at the point in the comic now where I don't really remember which beats happen when at all actually, um, and that one scene of, of oh, Angstrom's back, I actually got really excited, and uh, yeah. I did not see that coming in this moment, and I think that's one of the values, too, of, like, what a long game they are playing, where it's like, you know, you've built up so many things now, like, you have a lot of things to pull from, you know? And, yeah, some of them are the Lizard League, but some <laughs> of them are Angstrom Levy that I'm excited about. Yeah. And, it, like, it's – I do think now that we're deep enough in it, I actually feel like it's like, all right, the the selling point of Invincible is going to be the marathon of it. It's not, like, on a trade-by-trade basis. You know what I mean? Um, and I still have – I still am kind of skeptical of, like, if I have to say to somebody, like, just wait till issue 60. But I don't think it's fully that because you're building things over time. I don't know. Charlotte, what did you think of The Return of Angstrom? Were you excited about that? Were you just like, whatever? I, I
3: think I was more on the whatever side. Uh, it it did yeah. feel more like a, <laughs> a very classic superhero thing of like, oh, big reveal of the villain we've seen before that's back and that's going to be the main antagonist of the next arc. Yeah. No way I said that this weird. Um, but yeah, it, it <laughs> felt more like a more classic uh, superhero bit to me. Um, I, I mean, I'm curious to see what happens with that character. It feels like he's headed more into a... Classic supervillain direction, which he, which he isn't in the first arc where he, where he appears. Like he's very much a, I mean he has powers, but he's he very much feels like a normal dude, uh, who wears normal dude clothes even after his accidents. Like he doesn't go big supervillain uh, identity mode, and he, it feels like he here he's more like big. Empiric, uh, imperial uh, costume thing going on, yeah. Uh, which I'm curious to see where where that goes. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It, it didn't. I don't think it particularly excited me. Uh, was my, like, yeah, okay, that's that's a that's a that's a superhero beat. Um, I get where that's going.
1: Yeah. I like Invincible having. I think this comic actually does need like some some decent villains. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean. And I think the Viltrumites yeah. can't be the only yeah. thing because they're kind of, you know, they're they're not faces to that in quite a specific way yet, right? There's just mustaches. Um, I think Inks from Levy being a specific face that you can point to is, yeah. is val. You know, it, it needs a Doctor Doom, right? Like, if you're going to say you have the greatest super comic in the universe, you, you'll at least need a leader, you know? But obviously, you want a Doctor Doom. So I, I think there's a lot of value in that. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know. I had a pretty... I, I will say, Zach, obviously, we gave you a hard time upfront about not watching the series...
2: I, no, that's okay. You gave me less of a hard time than I expected, <laughs> so I'm, I'm fine with it. <laughs> oh, that's, um,
1: maybe we let you off the hook. Actually, maybe I should walk back what I'm about yeah. to say. Uh, yeah. I did admit to both of you that I, you know, I kind of had a similar thing with the first season where I was like, I don't, I'm not like dying to watch episodes three through six,
4: yeah,
1: of the first season, kind of knowing where it's going. Um, I wasn't that into it, but I did have a pretty good time bouncing around episodes. And and catching up on the second season, but then also like, then coming back to the comic, I actually had a better time reading the comic, interestingly enough, um, because I was more a fan of its pacing. I was more a fan then of like reminding myself about like, well, what's left, right? Where what is in this story? Because I think now you got Omni Man in prison, Alan the Alien getting himself taken there so he can free Omni Man. You got Battle Beast entering the scene. Like you have a lot of things that I remember being super Battle fun. Beast?
2: Wait, who the hell's Battle Beast? <laughs> Is that big not in this, Wait, in this arc?
1: Wasn't he in this arc when they break out of prison? Or did I read ahead?
3: I don't think
1: uh, he is. I have, think he's he in, in the
3: big fight with Titan um in
1: season. No, three. no, no. The no. Battle Beast one. Battle Beast is an alien who Alan and, and Omni Man
2: encounter in prison, I think.
4: He's a big cat ahead. guy, right?
2: That's that's issue fifty five, yeah.
1: I was having okay. such a good time, I read ahead. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Okay. Yeah there's there's really fun stuff coming and i do feel like we're at a point now where i'm like i think i'm actually more into defending this comic as it progresses and i've kind of been it's been hard to get to this point but going forward i'm kind of like i just think it kind of keeps getting better and better and, and cooler stuff and more fun stuff keeps happening that i'm gonna have an easier time with so have i been on the ropes sure have i taken some hits yes am i coming <laughs> Yep. hard the next several okay. episodes. All right, I'm coming hard. The next several
4: episodes. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! Um,
2: yeah. Okay. I'm I'm looking forward to talking about it. I'm looking forward to even reading it. You know, like yeah. I had an okay time with this. I one. mean,
3: honestly, yeah. I it did. I did have to to stop myself from going to the next uh, next volume. Like,
2: I th- I didn't have that, but like, <laughs> I definitely didn't have. I I rolled my eyes less with this batch than sure. ever before. <laughs> it's a a victory i guess yeah 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 hell yeah um okay
1: so speaking of victories uh that's one for dave yep sure finally thanks everybody (laughs) all right uh so yeah next time on convincible number four we'll read i don't have in front of me but i guess it'll be what like issues 50 it will be three through fifty-four, sixty-six 66 is my guess
2: 54 through 70 plus a couple little spin-offs um what are the names of those trades
1: do you have those listed in front of you
2: yeah, it's uh, trade eleven, twelve, and thirteen. Happy days, still standing and growing pains. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yep. Zach, were you a growing pains fan? <coughs> uh, Kirk Cameron. Is that the Kirk Thick. Cameron one?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I watched a fair amount yeah. of that growing up. Same. I don't know if I was a fan. But, you know, when you were, that's my favorite were Leo kid. work.
1: I think is is growing pains. Is he on that? As it's like one of his earliest things as like a as like a boy. Is Leonardo mm. DiCaprio interesting? Yeah, Charlotte. Did you know Leonardo mm. DiCaprio was once a child actor?
3: I knew Leonardo Caprio was once a child. Um. <laughs> Ashley
2: Johnson is in those seasons too, apparently, as a child. It's strange.
1: Yeah. All right. So um, next so okay. next episode Growing is Pains. gonna be Growing Pains. Uh <laughs> we're gonna switch Convincible to Growing Pains. Uh yep. we're gonna watch every season. It's gotta be that's a, probably in a lot of seasons. Um Charlotte, have you ever seen an episode of Growing Pains? I'm gonna guess no.
3: I've never heard of that show.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's
2: Which a good is the thing that,
3: like, I I know that every trade of uh, Invincible is named after, like, a classic sitcom show. I know, like, maybe Whoa, it is? I
2: that, had no idea.
1: 100% just dawned on me, as you said, Happy Days and Holy.
2: did not Holy. Oh,
3: you didn't that know at that? At nope. I mean, the first...
1: Family the
2: Matters. First you three's said, Company. Which, by the way... Who's the boss? Happy Days. By the <laughs> oh, way, my God. The I didn't notice this of... at all. The Viltrumite War. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not all of them, but... <laughs> but at some point, they start... They stop doing it. and then, Well, no, later they're going to do Friends, Modern Family. <laughs> yeah,
3: I guess. Uh, the, but the, the death of everyone. The dean of the university and the former dean of Mark's high yeah. school is um, Reginald Val Johnson's character from, oh, what's the show? Uh, not Family Matters, the the other one.
2: Oh, is it? Yeah, it, uh, you know, it is Family Matters. It is yeah, Family Matters. Like, that's Oracle his one, character yeah? from yeah. Family Matters. Yeah. Yeah. He's
3: just the the same character in Invincible. Well,
2: that's, he's the same character. In it. you know He's a character actor. He basically plays the same guy. Uh, sure, but like... It uh, literally from from the Die same Hard name, to <laughs> same name in, Family Matters. I really thought of
1: sitcom vibes. It, the the idea of the guy who was your high school principal becoming your dean of college admissions is, yeah, incredibly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is incredibly sitcom. Yeah, yeah. But otherwise, I don't know. I guess, I don't know. Should we start viewing Invincible through the lens of a classic family sitcom?
2: I don't
4: Wait, think that works. Um,
2: <laughs> I could see Kirkman having some aspirations for that. I, here's something um, I'm excited to talk about is we're going get, to be getting to some other Kirkman stuff in Marvel. Yeah. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about his other stuff. Specifically, uh, I, I think our Marvel Zombies conversation <laughs> will be like yeah. really influenced by this. Um, and I'm really excited to talk about that because I, I weirdly think he's You on love Marvel like, Zombies, right? I really like Marvel Zombies, and I actually think it's him doing stuff that I, like, wish he was doing here. Yeah. Um, Like, taking bigger swings and not just doing, like, pastiche work. Um, and that's coming soon so. in my this yeah, no, year well, 2006, soon, right? Soon, like, two months or something. We're, like, five, six episodes from that. Well, but, but yeah. it's, we're, we're yeah. on 2006. So that's we're the on the year of it, of it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, we got to wrap this poppy up and throw it in the river. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, dark, dark. <laughs> I'm done with this episode. Nice. Okay, <laughs> hey, so
3: Zach is in his super era. Nice, nice. To know.
2: Seriously,
1: well, this was this was good. I feel like this was productive. I feel like we we really made some progress on Convincible Number Three, and we're ending. Progress it.
2: meaning I liked the comics a little bit more. Yeah, I feel like it was
1: positive <laughs> progress in uh in my favor. No, no, I I think all of us are it's... in a in a healthy place mm. as far as kind of our understanding of of where we're at. Right. Um, yeah. and sure. so for convincible number 4 we're going to read all the comics that will be listed in the the show notes. If I can get myself in gear, I may have a surprise for you both. If I can get oh, myself right. in gear, I may have another surprise.
2: Oh wait, he said he's saying for us, but it's going to be singing. So you know, stop it! Stop it! Is that really it. for us? No. And first
1: off, Zach, I would never tell you I have a surprise for you and have it be singing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, <that> would, <laughs> I know that would not be what you're asking for. You've never requested that once. Um, no, no. I, I think maybe we'll. Uh, I'll do something a little quirky, a little oh, different. White boy, yeah. For episode four, how dare you? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> commencement number four we'll be coming uh, in about a month I'm trying to do this mm-hmm. about a month apart otherwise like we said we're on my this year 2006 we will have probably parts one and two by the time you're hearing this we'll be out in the wild and of course you can find everything over at patreon.com slash my this year for ways to support the show uh, all the can issues I plug everything
2: are in the I plug the everything show we're notes. doing on extra issues Oh uh, i feel like you already mentioned it once twice I mentioned like sandman but what's actually what's actually coming next is berserk and then oh, Sandman's on oh yeah 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 we're finishing up berserk right now for the uh the patreon feed but that will be out like in the public feed in six months and then after that is jeff smith we're gonna do bone and then his follow-up comic rassle so and is the is the um
1: so is the theme you're doing a jeff smith theme and then yeah. a Sandman. Like, I, like, Is there a theme that all these are connected into, or how does this work still? No,
2: works? no, it just was like two episodes. They're just short little series. Gotcha, so, gotcha. Uh, yeah, and Jeff Smith only really has... I mean, he's got some other small things, but... He's got two keys,
1: his ongoing work. Know, what the hell is um, that? He's
2: supposed to have some uh, some th- new thorn
1: strips released into the wild this year as well,
4: mm. which, if
1: you're doing Bone around that time, might, might coincide nicely. Yeah, if, if
2: there's something else interesting from Jeff Smith... We might want to cover it. You all um, could to I've, I've took you never heard Since
1: Jeff Smith's a friend of Comic Book Herald, if you <laughs> do want uh want the man himself well, on maybe. on an episode, that's you know I can put
2: you in touch with my friend Jeff. <laughs> um that sounds intimidating, but I'll uh I'll think about it. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh all right. Good deal. I think uh I think this is the best I've felt. In my entire life. Thank you, Charlotte and Zach.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Glad to serve.
1: Music for the show is by by me on this one. No, it's. Not. Are we still oh, doing it, that? it
2: yeah. It, yeah. We'll, we don't. We we'll don't do have it. to keep doing that.
1: Yeah. We could just do a no, regular there. theme.
2: Pe- people like it. No, people like it. Uh,
1: okay. I, it, that was like. I really meant that just to be one thing. You know. It's like, oh well, then I'll switch back. No,
3: yeah. now no, you you have to do it every episode. So you think so? You're yeah. Contractually yeah. obligated. Are we locked to in? It. That's yeah. fine. People
1: All right. and people like it. Clay hasn't sued us yet, so that's. <laughs> that works for me. Um, all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. As always. Ooh, how do we end this? As always.
2: Uh, no. As always. Uh, As always, just kind of. Don't, s- s- don't be an invincible. Don't be an invincible, Charlotte. I Bye. will be.
4: Charlotte Ver. Good job.
3: <laughs> Charlotte, will twist. Because there's a twist in Invincible.